both our first reading today and our, our gospel, we hear about the illness, the affliction of, of leprosy. We hear about this actually often, uh, especially in the gospel of Jesus healing uh, those with, with leprosy, the ten lepers who come to him. But today it's only it's one, one leper. But what is leprosy exactly? Well, leprosy, we know, would be kind of considered, especially in biblical terms, in biblical times, one of the most hideous and terrifying afflictions that you could have. Leprosy could refer to a variety of different skin disorders, including actual leprosy, which is Hansen's disease, in which a bacterial infection causes the skin to ulcerate, resulting in oozing sores, uh, disfigurement, loss of limbs, and even occasionally blindness. In ancient times, we know that leprosy uh, was incurable, and its diagnosis virtually a death sentence. Praise God for, for modern medicine, that now there's, there's cures to, to leprosy, but even up until recent times, it was kind of a death sentence. We could look back even in the history of the United States, especially in Hawaii, where there was the island of Malachi, where St. Damien of Malachi went to minister as a priest because uh, leprosy had kind of ravaged the whole island of Hawaii. And so what did they do? They sent them off to their, their own island. And why was that? To try to separate them so other people would not get infected. So we can see that leprosy is not only a physical uh, death sentence, in a certain sense, especially in biblical times, but it also separates. It separates them from their, their loved ones. It separates them from their community. So our first reading talks about this, that the law actually makes this happen for the Jewish people. In Leviticus it states, the one who bears the sore of leprosy shall keep his garments rent and his head bare. It shall muffle his beard. He shall cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as the sore is on him, he shall declare himself unclean, since he is in fact unclean. He shall dwell apart, making his abode outside the camp. So there's that physical damage. To say there's that, that mental damage as well of not being connected with your family anymore, that'd be a great hardship. But even worse than all of this for a leper in biblical times is a leper was also ritually unclean and thus barred from entering the temple, God's holy dwelling place to participate in the liturgy of Israel. See, the law could do nothing to help the leper. Instead, the law was to protect the community from spreading the disease. So we have that physical death, a loss of community, and also a separation from God. Leprosy truly is a horrible affliction, especially in biblical times. But the leper today is an interesting and beautiful story. You see, he comes, he is bold, and he approaches Jesus. Even doing this, by the way, coming out to the community, he knows what's going to happen. People are going to look at him and say, get away from me. He's going to be ostracized. But he knows what he is called to do is to come out into public to see 
Jesus. This is the beginning of Mark's gospel still. But once again, what is Jesus doing? He's here for us, to be with us. So this leper comes out boldly. He's courageous. What does he do? He kneels down. What does kneeling down do, by the way? Why do we, why do we kneel during, during Mass? Why do we kneel during the Eucharistic prayer, before receiving the Eucharist, after receiving the Eucharist? Why? Because kneeling is a sign of supplication and reverence. We're not kneeling down just to get our Catholic aerobics in, right? We are kneeling down because we know what's happening is that Jesus Christ truly is present in the Eucharist. We believe this as Catholics. Side tangent real quick. Every single funeral and wedding I say, please kneel right before the Eucharistic prayer. And all the Catholics kneel down. And a lot of those who do not believe sit there like this. Mm. It's a sign of, of reverence. It's a sign that we truly believe that Jesus is present. And he can work wonders And this leper knew this. This is why he kneels down out of this reverence. And then what does he say? And this is so important. He doesn't say, he doesn't say to heal him. He says, if you wish. Another interpretation, which I like a little better. If you will, you can make me clean. You can make me clean. He doesn't say, You can heal me. So what exactly is the leper longing for here? He's willing, he's wishing to be made clean so that what? Because his deepest desire is to be free once again, to partake in the worship of God's people. He's not asking for physical healing. He's not asking to be welcomed back into a a community of, of people. Instead, he's longing to be one with God. And what does Jesus do? I love this line. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said, I do will it. Be made clean. See, this line isn't just for the leper. It's for all of us. He wills for us to be made clean. He wills for us to be one with him, united once again. Where? In that heavenly banquet. No more separation from him through sin. He comes into this world not for physical healing. He comes into this world to heal us of our infirmities, the infirmities of sin. I just imagine Jesus stretching out his arm, and as a priest, I do this almost every single day in the sacrament of confession, stretching out my arm and giving the words of absolution. And what is that doing? That's making the penitent, what? Clean, healed, no more separation from God. We hear about this, by the way, in our responsorial psalm today, Psalm 32, that we are called to be like the leper, where it says, Then I acknowledged my sin to you. My guilt I covered not. I said, I confess my sins to the Lord, 
and you took away the guilt of my sin. This is what God longs to do. He wills to make us clean. But what, we, what must we do? We must be like the leper and come to the Lord and ask him to heal us. And he's not going to say no. Why? Because he loves us. And he desires for us to share in that communion of love. But what does sin do? Sin is kind of like leprosy, especially when it's a serious sin, when it's a grave sin, when it's a mortal sin. What happens? We know that it truly affects us, our relationship with God. Mortal sin is a separation from God. That we're no longer in union with him. Sin also separates us from one another. That we're not as connected. Because when we sin, it's not only a sin against God, it's a sin against one another. And so if we're in any sort of grave sin, or serious sin, or mortal sin, or if those venial sins are piling up, what must we do? We must be like the leper, courageous and bold. And yes, putting ourselves out in public as we wait in line for confession saying, oh, there's a sinner. And you go, I am a sinner in need of God's mercy and love so that I may be made what? Clean. This is why the Lord came into this world. So my brothers and sisters, as we're about to enter into the season of Lent, I encourage you, go to the beautiful sacrament of reconciliation. Experience this, this mercy. Experience this love. Experience this cleansing power of God as the priest raises out his arm, just like Jesus did for the leper, and says what? I do will it. Be made clean. Be in union with God once again and experience the love that he longs to give.